Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I have a word for you that I really believe that uh, if we can get a grip on what I'm about to share with you, you have the ability to unlock some levels in your life that have been previously uh, shut down in you. Um, How many know that God wants more for you than you want for yourself? So uh, as a parent, we want more for our kids and at times our kids want for themselves. And for those of you kids, you won't understand that. You wonder why we nag you so much. You think, man, get off my back. It's not that we're trying to hold you back. We're trying to push you up. And the pressure you feel from us isn't that we're trying to keep you down. It's that we're trying to lift you up higher. Because we want more for you than we had. We want more blessing for you. We don't want you struggling with the things we struggled with. We want you to go beyond. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, King David is, is about to pass on. And so everything he's built was for the legacy he wants to pass on to his son. And Solomon, his son, is about to take over the kingdom. Solomon has been raised in the palace. He's been around. He's not the oldest. And what's a trip? I want you to understand. He doesn't necessarily have the birthright to lead. He's not legally in line to become king. But his father chose him to lead. Promised him. Some of you, you don't have it in your DNA. You don't have it in your legacy. You don't have it as a birthright. There's someone that has a right to do it before you. But I'm here to tell you that God has placed an anointing. He's placed a plan on your life that even though someone else might be in front of you, God's chosen you to lead. Verse 9, this is Solomon's prayer verse, uh, of chapter 3 of 1 Kings, which if you don't know where 1 Kings is, it's right before 2 Kings. <laughs> Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see that Solomon prays for more. Everyone say more. More. He prays for more wisdom. God, grant me understanding. Grant me wisdom so that I can lead these, these people. Many of you have some great responsibilities on your life. And it seems at times that the assignment on your life is greater than your understanding. That, you, that God's given you such great desires, such great goal on your life, but your understanding doesn't match your assignment. And when that doesn't happen, there's a capacity for us to end up losing that thing that God wants to give us. That gap between our understanding and our assignment creates stress in our lives because we look at what we're supposed to do and based on what we know that we can do it can bring stress and we can get overwhelmed and we end up giving up solomon prays for wisdom but he didn't pray notice this doesn't pray for more money he doesn't pray for more influence he doesn't pray for a bigger team he doesn't pray for more power he doesn't pray for more stuff he doesn't pray even for more influence or more women He prays for wisdom. God, grant me wisdom. 
And look at verse 10 of, uh, of 1 Kings chapter 3. This is the Lord's response to him. The Lord was pleased. Someone say pleased. That Solomon had asked for wisdom. You know what? It, it does my heart good when I know I'm asking God for something that pleases God's heart. Do you know that some of our prayers can actually displease God? Because you're asking things that don't line up with God's purposes. Solomon asked for something from God that pleased God's heart. And he says this. So God replied. I love when God replies. You ever have that prayer where God doesn't reply? It's like God's ignoring you. And you're wondering, God, where are you? God replies and says, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies. See, God's saying, man, you're, you're not being selfish here. You're not looking for something that's just going to bless you. I want you to take a look at the prayers you're praying right now. Are they about you or about others? God, bless me. God, I want more. God, I want a bigger family. God, give me that house on the hill. God, I ask. And everything we're asking for is for us. Solomon's not asking for him. He's asking for wisdom so that he could lead the people. And God says, because of that, I will give you what you ask for. Come on, somebody. I will give you what you ask for. And notice he says this. I will give you a wise and understanding heart as such no one else has ever had or ever will have. That, that's somebody saying amen. amen. Now, I love that he asked for something that pleases God's heart. God says, I'm going to give it to you. Stay with me. I'm building a case, okay? God comes back to him and tells him this. I will also give you what you didn't ask for. Amen. I love that. I'm thankful for the prayers in my life God didn't answer. You know what, that, that guy you were praying for? Oh, God, just give me, give me him as my husband, God. I'll be, I'll be happy. Oh, God, just give me that girl, God. Man, you, get, you hook me up with her, God. I'll never ask you for another thing in my life. And so we're praying for things that God knows that that person doesn't match your destiny. And so I'm grateful for the things, the prayers God didn't answer in my life. But he tells Solomon this, I will give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will compare to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me, I want you to notice, every promise of God has an if to it. So every promise God wants, every aspect of blessing, every aspect of promotion, there is an if, a condition connected to the blessings of God. He says, if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commandments as your father David did, I will give you a long life. In other words, Solomon, I'll give you more. Everyone say more. Motives are important in our lives. The reason why we want blessing. The reason that we're asking for more from God. But I need you to understand, God wants you to have more. You don't just want more. God wants you to have more because more is a mindset. And in life, we have become, just become a people that settle. Let, let, let me talk to you. Come on, let me talk to you for a minute. We, we, as as the, the color of our skin, our upbringing, our nationalities, the part of town we were, we were raised in. We've been told all our lives to settle for whatever you've been given. Don't complain about what's been placed in front of you. And then in life we find ourselves just settling whenever something comes our way. Not realizing that you were created in the image of God. And God gave you the ability to take and possess more. 
You have a right to more because God is in you. But more can destroy you. Listen carefully. More can destroy you if you're unprepared for it. If you are not prepared for more, it will destroy you. So more is not an issue of more is not an issue of, of, of blessing. More is an issue. Self-control is an issue of more. Self-control is the issue, not more. What do I do when I get more? How do I manage that? How do I take more and how do I manage it? How does self-control take apart? Take a look at the two major problems in America today. They are problems of more. And the two major issues we have in America right now is consumer debt and obesity. Those two issues are not issues of lack. They're issues of more. And we don't know how to handle more, how to deal with more, how to manage more. And so I need you to understand something today, that God wants us to be prepared for more. And so in order to be prepared for more, I want you to recognize God granted us the ability. Someone say ability. The ability, the capacity, and the power to obtain Wealth. We're praying, God, bless me. God, bless me. God, give me. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. And the newlyweds just walked in. Congratulations to the newlyweds, the cantatas. Cantatas. God bless you. Look at Deuteronomy 8.18 says this. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gave you, gave you to what? To be successful. Other versions say to obtain wealth. So God's the one that gives you the power. And I'm sitting here praying, God, give me wealth. Give me success. Give me power. There are things that you can't ask God to do. You're asking God to do something for you when that power and ability is already inside of you. There are things you cannot pray out the process I don't care how spiritual you are. You cannot pray out the process. And whenever you ask God for something that you are responsible for doing, God will not do it on your behalf. In fact, when we read in the book of of, uh, Judges, the, the nation of Israel is under bondage. And there's a man by the name of Gideon that's complaining to God. An angel of the Lord shows up and tells Gideon, Gideon, I want you to set these people free. He goes, man, if God is with us, then why are, why are we broke? Why is every, every harvest being taken from us? All our money's being taken away. We're not being successful. Why are we going through this? God doesn't even deal with his question. He tells them, go in this power of Judges chapter, chapter 8, verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of whose? Of God's. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, holy oil, holy water. Is that what he tells them? Go in this might of what? Of whose? Come on, say it. Because it's in you. The answer to your problem is in you. The answer to your situation is in you. The answer to your success is in you. The answer to your problem is in you. And we're asking God to do things that we're responsible for doing. And he said, when he, after telling God, if you're with us and why are all these things happening? God says, you're the problem because you're the solution. 
It's up to you to get up and to deal with it. Not go in the might of mine. Go in the might of, because I've already placed in you. Someone say in me. It's already in you. Everything you need for success is already in you. Everything you need to succeed is in you. Everything you need to overcome is in you. When God created a bird, the birds have the capacity to do what? It's in them. When he created a fish, he created them with the capacity to do what? He, when he created a tree, he created a tree with the capacity to do what? When God created mankind to have dominion. Some of you got that Thanksgiving chemical that puts you to sleep right now because that was a great amen section. Because it's in you. The ability to dominate is in you, to rule, to administrate, to lead, to transform, to shift environments, to be the remedy to the the, the problems around you. It is in you already. You don't have to learn it. It's in you. Fish doesn't have to learn to breathe underwater. Sun doesn't have to learn to shine. It just, bam. And some of you just need to, bam. Okay, yeah, okay. You guys are, you guys are flowing with me a little bit. I have, normally, you have to pull on the anointing, but I'm having to pull on you this morning. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of Wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, what's wisdom? Understanding. What's wisdom? Excellence. What's wisdom? Knowledge. Okay. Wisdom. Come on, you Paragon students. Knowing the difference between good and evil. That's experience. That's good because you touch that stove once, it's hot. You touch it again, it's hot. Touch it a third time, you're stupid. Okay? You got an issue. If you just keep on. Experience. What else? What's wisdom? What was that? Grace. Wisdom's grace. Let me give you my definition of wisdom. Take a picture of it, write it down, claim it as your own. But wisdom is the constant awareness of a presence of a holy God. So, huh? Let me, let, me, let me explain this to you. The constant awareness of the presence of a holy God. Okay? That means, Paul, you're Jesus. Wherever I go, who's with me? So if Jesus were to show up at your front door tomorrow morning to start your work day with you, you guys get in the car and you start driving. How does your driving change now that Jesus is in the car? How does your station selection change? (laughs) With with Jesus in the car. That when someone cuts you off, how does your... That when you see that guy or that girl walking by, how do your eyes respond? With now, when people start gossiping at work, how do you? 
Wisdom is knowing that God is with me wherever I go. And it changes how I view things, how I deal with things, how I deal with people. And, you know, Jesus, I left Jesus out of the car on my drive on Thanksgiving, going to Sacramento after three hours up and then three hours back. I was like, I, I, left, I, left, I left the Holy Spirit off somewhere off on 580, <laughs> Jesus, I dropped him off as well because I was frustrated. I'm just being straight with y'all, man. I was, I was frustrated in that drive home. And then the baby was crying in the back seat. I was like, oh, Lord, you can take me now. This is, it was just a, it was a day. Thank you, Paul. I was working with an NFL, uh, started one of the NFL quarterbacks and one of the, in, in um, dealing with him in accountability. And I told him that, so tomorrow morning, someone's going to show up at your front door. And he's going to hang out with you all day. He started laughing nervously. He goes, well, what, what do you mean? I said, he's going to show up at the front door and he's going to be there. He says, who is it? I said, don't worry. He's gonna, just going to show up there. He's going to be there. He's like, well, how do they know where I live? You know, how do you know where I live? And I never told you that. So don't worry. He's going to be there. And as we, we finally I said, it's going to be Jesus. Jesus is going to show up in body at your door. And he started cracking up. He go, man, you freaked me out, pastor. <laughs> no, what do you mean? I said, well, if Jesus did that, how would, how would your day change? He's like, oh. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, uh, I said, how would your drive change? How would your language change? How would what you listened to change? How would what you watched change? How about what you said? How that? You see, how many of you have Christ in you? Christ is in you. You've accepted Christ. He lives in you. That means wherever you go, you take Jesus with you. I don't know if you should be clapping about that right now. Because that means that porno flick you watched, you made Jesus watch with you. That man that you slept with that wasn't your husband, you made Jesus partake in that. Oh, snap, it got quiet in this place quick. Wisdom. The constant awareness of the presence of a holy God. You see, more starts with understanding. In Joshua 1.8, he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then your way will be prosperous and successful. I want to be successful, but you don't want to obey what God says. You want a successful marriage, but you don't want to treat your wife or husband the way God says to. You want a great family, but you don't want to do it God's way. There's a way of doing it. God calls these things principles. First rule. And you have to get the first things first in order for things to to go forward. If you break the principle, you don't break principles. Principles break you. Exodus 19.5 says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. God wants to call you his own. But the first blessing that God gave to us as mankind was his commandments. God loved you so much that he gave you the commandments. We look at it through the lenses of control. God looks at the command as, as, as teenagers, we hate rules. 
Oh, they're just trying to control my life, trying to tell me what I can do and what I can't do. Always trying to remember when you were a teenager. Remember that? Now, you hated the rules. But parents don't tell their kids not to touch the stove because they hate them or they're trying to control them. They do it to protect them. And God created the commandments in order to protect us. That's what's his first blessing to us. But we have to view them through the lenses of love, not control, because God is the source of more. And sometimes, I'm going to close in a moment, so stay with me, okay? Some of our greatest sources of sorrow are the mismanagement of more. Some of the greatest sources of sorrow in our life is the mismanagement of God's blessing in our lives. You see, blessing and, and, and uh, more are synonymous. When we say more, we can say God's blessing. And when we mismanage the blessing of God, it can seem like a curse. Look, look at 1 Kings. We're, we're 1 Kings chapter 11. Just a few chapters later, Solomon goes from God, grant me wisdom so I could lead your people. Look at this boy here in chapter 11. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, among the Hittites. And the Lord clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts toward their God. What Solomon do? Yet Solomon insisted on loving them. I know what the word of God says, but I want to do it my way. I know what the word of God says, but you know what? I want more, but I want more my way. Listen, God's not Burger King. You can't have it your way. And we want to take a word here, a promise here, and try to piece these things together. But when you take a crumb from this word, and a crumb from that word, and a crumb from this promise, and a crumb from that promise, you end up with a crummy life. Because you have to live according to the whole word of God. I don't want a crumb from the word of God. I want the whole thing. Many of us want more. And this is what ends up happening. Start complaining, man, my wife, that girl, I just don't know. She, she, she's lazy. She's this. She's that. She doesn't understand. God, I don't, under, I don't understand. Man, my husband, he, he's, just, he's just always complaining, always negative. I don't know why I'm with this person. And we begin to complain about the very thing that you prayed for. And these kids are driving me crazy. Who wanted them? That job that you were, praise God, I got the job, or praise God, I started this business, and you're all talking about, hey, pastor, I just started this business, or I just got this job. I thank God for this job. Three weeks later, you're complaining about how much you hate your job because the very blessing has become a curse because you don't know how to manage the blessing. Man, I just bought a new house in San Jose. God, I bought a house. Man, these stinking taxes I got to pay on this house. Just see my new Mercedes out in the parking lot? It's fly. It's really nice. <laughs> AMG, it's looking good. Man, it cost me $600 to change the oil. <laughs> because when a blessing becomes a curse... When you don't know how to manage it. Yeah. 
More can become more trouble if you don't manage it correctly. But this is the issue. The issue isn't the blessing. The issue is our character. Issue isn't the blessing. Every blessing God gives you is good. What you do with it shows your character. God is a good God, so he blesses us. But what we really call curses in life are really just high-class problems. First world problems. Man, I don't know why, why God, why I'm going through so much. I dropped my $1,000 my iPhone and it cracked the screen. I'm really going through it right now. Really? I'm complaining about a three-hour drive to Sacramento after being up at 2 in the morning making turkeys for the homeless and driving all the way over there, taking just traffic bumper to bumper, kid crying in the back seat, driving to eat a meal that I'm not even hungry for. First world problem. Going to a wedding on Friday took me 45 minutes to get to the city, 50 minutes to get to the hotel or to the venue. First world problems. You see, it's how we manage. And talk to other people that are like, it took you that long? What, what street did you take? Oh, never go that way. I mismanaged my road. See, the opportunity was a blessing, but my management of it wasn't. And many times we end up taking something good and make it bad when we mismanage. Come on, somebody. So let, let me, let, let's bring this down. The thing you are complaining about today, the challenge you're going through right now, someone else would kill for that problem. Someone else would kill to deal with the taxes you have to pay on the salary that you have. Someone would kill to be able to have to manage the house payment that you have right now. Would kill to drive the car you have. Kill to be dealing with the problem of your wife or your husband because they've been praying for a spouse for a long time. The very thing that you're complaining about, those kids, someone that can't have kids, would kill, give their left arm to have those children right now because the very thing you complain about is literally a blessing. Because we don't know how to manage the blessing. And then we get mad at God. We manage the more of God by obeying his commandments. And Solomon takes what God blessed him and turned it into a curse. Don't even have time to go into the history about how after Solomon leaves, how the nation splits. His son ends up losing the whole nation. It, it, it totally falls apart. So we, we start off with good intentions, but... We have to discipline. Let me give you two things as I close right here, okay? Two things that we need to do. Number one, you want to manage the blessings of God correctly? Stay connected. Everyone say that with me. Stay connected. Because many times the very blessing that you get from God ends up driving you away from God. Someone prays for a baby, then they don't come to church no more. I've got to take care of the kid. Someone gets a new job and now all of a sudden they can't, hit, they can't make it to church anymore because I got appointments on Sunday. The very thing you prayed for becomes a curse. Man, I just got a raise at work, so I bought a new boat and Sunday's the only time I could take the blessing becomes a curse. Oh, come on, church. Talk to me. 
Because the very thing that God gave to us to draw because he's good, how we respond to the more determines whether it's a blessing or a curse. Look at John 15, 4. Worship team, if you would help me. Live in me. This is God, Jesus speaking. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way, a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You cannot bear fruit unless you are joined to me. See, we're growing things that aren't from God because we're not connected to the vine. We're growing things that look nothing like God. You might be growing a marriage, but it doesn't look like God. You might be growing a family, but it doesn't look like God because you're rooted in the wrong thing. In order for us to grow the right thing, we have to be connected to the right root. Secondly, thank you for that arousing response. Remember, gratitude, gratitude. uh, Thank you, Miha. I appreciate that. Stay connected. Everyone say, stay connected. Stay grateful. Second thing is stay grateful. Gratitude unexpressed isn't gratitude at all. I was telling the first service that normally we go out to eat. Even when someone invites me out to eat, I end up paying. Hey, let's get together for dinner. Sure, we're at. Well, they'll pick the place, and the bill comes all of a sudden. This. <laughs> you know what's a trip? I don't mind. I love. I love paying. I really do because that's part of my love language. I love giving. But I hate when I do that and it's not acknowledged. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to go behind them and move their head. Just just say it. I do most of the cooking at the house, too, because not because my wife doesn't want to. It's just I enjoy cooking. I've lived on my own for 24 years, and, you know, I got tired of McDonald's, so I called my mom, and I learned how to cook while I was living on my own. And so I just got used to cooking. After I make a meal and my daughters throw down, then they take off, I'm like, (laughs) you were babies, I fed you now. Thank you. (laughs) Stay grateful. Be grateful for what you have. Your car may not be the best, but be thankful for it. Your kids might not be at the top yet, but be grateful for them. Your husband or wife is a work in progress, but be grateful. You're not alone right now. You might not have the greatest job right now, but be grateful that you have the ability to work and you have the ability to bring in wealth to your life. Come on, be grateful. Jeremiah 30, 19 says, there will be joy in songs of thanksgiving. Look what joy and thanksgiving do. 
I will multiply my people, not diminish them. I will honor them and not despise. If you can learn to bless God and be grateful, God will multiply you and God will honor you. Don't forget the source of your blessing. Listen to me very closely. If the enemy can't destroy you through poverty, he'll distract you. If the enemy can't destroy you through poverty, he'll distract you through plenty. I can't, I can't make it, I can't, I'm struggling to get by, but the enemy knows that when I'm struggling financially, when I'm struggling to make it in life, I just lean on God harder. I lean on God and I trust God and I believe God to help me through. But when the enemy sees that we're drawing closer to God through our poverty, he says, you know what, here, let me bless you instead. Let me open up and let me see how you handle prosperity because the moment blessing comes your way, That will reveal your character more than struggle will. Because when I broke, I need God. It's nothing to give a dollar off a 10. It's nothing. I might as well, it's it's like lottery time. You know, I just trust God because I'll just put a dollar in there and trust God in this spiritual lottery that he'll come through with me. I, I I can make it with the dollar, but get blessed. Can you handle blessing? I said, can you handle blessing? Can you manage more? I don't know about you, but I want more. Church, we got to get ready. Don't let the crowd of today fool you as to where we're going. This holiday weekend, I, I want you to start preparing yourselves because we're, we're looking in 2019, we're looking for a building. Woo! We, have, we have to get out. We have to get out of here. We, we need to have our own land. We have to have our own place. We have to have our own mark. We have to have a place that we don't have to set up and break down every Sunday. We're putting so much energy in setting up and breaking down every Sunday that at times we don't have the energy even for service. This worship team is so amazing. These guys show up at 730, set up. Most worship teams just show up in time to play. These guys show up to set up, they play, and then they break down. You imagine if all our energy was just been placed to worship? When I came to San Jose 18 years ago, my dream was a 24-hour church, a 7-Eleven of churches. That that was my dream. That was my, my heart. I wanted a 24-hour daycare that drug addict moms can come and drop off their kids in a safe place where if you're going to be out on the streets or you're going to go party, we're going to take care of your kids and make sure they're not molested, they're not messed up, that they're in a place that they can be taken care of. I wanted to open up a 24-hour youth center where our kids can come and hang out, skateboard, and a place, have a 24-hour prayer center where people are praying for our city, praying for our community, believing God. Uh, uh, having a food bank that you would come in and check this out, not coming in and getting a bag of groceries. 
But walk down the meat aisle and pick whatever meat you need to walk down the the food aisle and pick whatever cans you need to walk down the dairy aisle and get your things because I didn't want them to walk through and feel like they were poor. I wanted them to walk through and be able to shop like anyone else. It's time to get back to what we were called to do. More. 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 It's time. It's your more time. What things are you trusting God for that haven't come through yet? What things are you settling for right now that God, you know that you expected and you wanted much more? Let's start pulling on God for a moment. I'm t- just pull on God. Woman with the issue of blood pushed some people away just to touch the hem of his garment. We, we got, you know what, sometimes we're just a little bit too polite. I need you to get ugly. No, no, you're not here. You might have to be a little rude as you're pushing your way through. But I want you to touch Jesus. Get connected to the vine. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.